This is the new hit song by Drake and The Weeknd. It blew up over the weekend with a half million streams on Spotify, 10 million views on TikTok. But the thing is, it isn't actually Drake or The Weeknd. It was made by a random dude on TikTok who used AI to make the whole thing. And the song's actually pretty good. The music industry is starting to freak out right now. I don't know if you've heard the Kanye covers on YouTube, but they're kind of amazing. And it's not just the music industry. AI is going to cause the biggest shift we've seen in our lifetimes. Entire industries are going to be turned upside down. Jobs will be replaced. The way companies operate will change. The entire nature of work will change. Some industries are going to accelerate in productivity and profitability, and others could come to a standstill. Today on Dumb Money, we're going to reveal the stocks that we think are safe from the AI revolution. You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. Some fun facts for you. Uh, Goldman Sachs is predicting 25% of jobs in the U.S. are going to be affected by AI, and of those, 20 to 50% of their workload can be replaced by AI. They're saying worldwide, AI is going to disrupt more than 300 million full-time workers, and that within the next 10 years, productivity will increase they're estimating that the uh, AI revolution could increase annual global GDP by 7%. More, more important than that, Dave, AI is going to completely disrupt every single industry category. We are going to have massive winners, massive losers, just an insane opportunity of being an investor. Like, if you could, all you have to do is just see it unfolding and just put your chips behind the winners. And I think. Like everybody's spending so much time focused on, you know, who is going to benefit the most from like the actual use of AI. And I yep. think that's the wrong approach because everyone's already there. Right. And that's why NVIDIA is trading up so much. And by the way, we were there like we put, dude, NVIDIA is one of my top holdings right now. Right. But we invested in NVIDIA the second that ChatGBT was launched. And man, what a run that's been. But how do we go one level deeper? And it's not just about how AI is going to help companies, but what are the cultural impacts of AI and how, like, where are the, like, what are the secondary hits on companies that nobody's thinking about right now that are going to benefit massively? And that's, well, I want to hear what Jordan has to say, but that's kind of where my pick is coming from today. So I misunderstood the assignment. I thought we were going for stocks that would not be disrupted in any way, shape, or form by AI. Well, that that's fine but, too. No, no, th th no I, but, I but, mean that point, right? That is not, not that's negatively impacted. The opposite. No, no, no th but Jordan, that that's totally fine because my pick initially was like it's not going to get impacted by AI. It's, but at the same time, not only is it not going to get impacted by AI. But because of everything that's happening with AI, I think that's a massive tailwind additionally to my stock pick. So I, I'm just saying it's a, I, I'm just adding a bonus layer on top of the theme of the episode for my stock pick. Nothing against what you're about to say, but go ahead. What's not impacted by AI? Bonds. So my picks, I've got two for you. If you'd like to spread it out, I get TLT and EDV. So these are longer duration bonds. Uh, United States Treasuries, maybe you get like, you know, uh, I think the ETFs give you about three percent return. Um, you're playing the rate game right now. So TLT yeah, is the iShares twenty plus yeah. year Treasury bond. Is that is that what we're looking at here? Yeah, the TLT. Yeah, yeah. So basically, what you're doing. So the 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 game here is you're betting that that rates go down, right? So as we go into recession, the Fed cuts okay. and rates go down, and you're TLT or EDV uh, positions make money. Okay, so so for you, Jordan, it's not just the yield then on the treasury. You actually think well, who cares about the yield? You're not, hopefully, you're not going to be in it long enough to worry about that. I mean, so kind of the the thought process here is: if we go into recession, or the we're already in one, and the you know layoffs start, the whole cycle kind of starts to play out um and the fed is forced to cut rates right and so that's kind of the that's the play do you let me so bring it back to ai it do you actually what impact do you think ai and i know it's not going to happen in the next 90 days but over the next 
18 months as AI actually begins to impact every industry sector. How does that impact rates? Have you thought about that? Is that is that a tailwind on your trade as well? Would bring rates back down? I mean, I think it has absolutely nothing to do with it, right? So I think, I mean, like we're at a, you know, we're at a place right now with super high interest rates. The, the, the government's trying to slow down the economy. Jobs go away to AI in the next 18 months. Because I believe 2024, we're going to start to see that. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, that would probably be additional pressure, right, on, on rates coming down if we start to see the jobless rate go up, right? Correct. When that, right. that eight um, yeah, rate? Basically what happens then is that the government cuts to stimulate the economy, right? And so yeah. all, all you need is a recession for the bond trade to play out. Yeah, I, I don't see the growth from AI hitting right away. I think that that's going to lag. I think initially it's going to be people becoming more efficient. Don't, don't you see the efficiency plan AI being first before the growth phase of it, right? Because yeah. if you're a company, yeah. like I'm I see seeing, companies like like Amazon just getting more efficient, you know, and but both both in the uh, the algorithm that serves things up, but also in you, you think of uh, AI autonomous robots doing their packing, which they're already way ahead of a lot of other companies. Yes. And also the concept, Jordan, and, and this is your world, right? Like the one person dev team, like as opposed to the 10 person dev team, like I sat across from a developer at a dinner a couple of weeks ago and he was telling me that he sees like a 10 to one ratio in terms of productivity shift, just even initially what he's seeing uh, with using a lot of the tools now. He's like, I could definitely see kind of teams of 10 turning into teams of one that are proficiently utilizing a lot of these new tools to code better and faster and check their work. Um, and if that's the case, I mean, I, I feel like we're going to go through an era of efficiency before we kind of see the real growth drivers that are, will be generated from AI. I, I don't know. At least that's what it seems like to me, like customer service. You can probably downsize your customer. Like all these different workforces, you could just get more efficient. So yes, that will kind of save them money. Right, but I mean, yeah. So, you know, are we there yet though? I know we're really close. Like I know that, you know, some of the tools that have come out are making it super close. It's really close, right? Like like when you think about social media and content, like a lot of these are people heavy jobs, right? Yeah. They're just lots and lots of people. Um I, I'm not saying that we'll see a lot of it this year, but I feel like 2024 definitely feels like a year where companies start making decisions to leverage all the AI tool sets that are being built and distributed this year and tested this year to actually start to become more efficient in their businesses. I, I could yeah, see sure. that. When you're gonna add, when you get the answer is, you know, do so they just become more efficient and are able to pump out more work or is their workload stay the same and then they start laying people off? Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, okay. Do you want mine, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Here it is. Thanks. So let's just start off by saying that we all know what's happening with AI and social media. We've seen the filters, right? Everybody is beautiful now. Like everybody can look great on social media. And the beauty. We haven't standard. figured those filters out yet. We still are just raw. In Everybody HD, but us. But Everybody <laughs> but us. Okay, so he here's the thing. I think I know that due to AI and due to filters, the standards are going to continue to climb for beauty, right? Like, like people are just raising the bar for what how they think they should be perceived and how they are perceived through their digital persona. Now, the the problem is they have to try to catch up in real life, okay? <laughs> so I, I told you guys in 2020, this was the decade of the woman, okay? This is the decade of the woman, all right? One of my biggest stock picks of the decade so far, okay? Novo is all about these semaglutide injectables, which allows you to lose 15% of your body weight, one of my biggest trades of the decade so far, okay? Who's driving that trend? Women, okay? 
who's driving the beauty trend, the wellness trend, the skincare trend? Women, okay? Now listen, I'm going to read this to you. A survey conducted by Taluna found that when asked to choose between improving their wardrobe or improving their beauty routine, 45% of women chose improving their beauty routine, okay? While only 38% chose improving their wardrobe. Now, take a look at Ulta stock, okay? Ulta, the world's largest beauty, wellness, skincare retailer, is killing it right now. I'm going to read this quote from their CEO. The whole store is hot, okay? Ulta Beauty COO, excuse me, Keisha Steelman told Yahoo Finance, okay, but I would say one of the categories that we're really seeing that's coming through COVID that's really stuck is wellness. Okay, so everybody already knows this. Ulta stock is already run. Obviously, Ulta is a company that's AI resistant. What is the next layer? What's the thing that's getting me really excited? There's a company called InMode, okay? InMode is as close as you're ever going to get to a magical fountain of beauty, okay? Like, this is as close as you're going to get. I know it sounds insane. They are the gold standard in aesthetic medical devices that utilize microneedling and RF frequency, okay? Radio frequency to conduct non-invasive and minimally invasive skin tightening and skin procedures. So, if you were to look on Google Trends right now and type in the word med spa, we've all seen what's happening over the past few years. Med spas are blowing up. What is happening in these med spas? Women are going in and spending hundreds to thousands of dollars to have a nurse practitioner utilize one of these in-mode machines, okay, these RF machines, these microneedling machines, to essentially do non-invasive and minimally invasive plastic surgery that doesn't really hurt. Um, it works in a matter of like days, okay? So you see the results in days. And this is the future. The results are absolutely stunning. These machines that are sold by InMode are a recurring revenue business model for the company. Every time that a woman goes into one of these med spas or goes into their dermatologist or their, their skin esthetician and gets one of these procedures done, a fee gets paid back to InMode. So it's not like you buy the machine and you just get to use it as much as you want and you get to make all the money. They make money every single time this machine gets used. It gets used. I think this is the next Ulta, okay? Ulta is where people go when they want to spend tens to hundreds of dollars. InMode is the machine that benefits when you level up to hundreds to thousands of dollars per session. And I'm telling you guys, the technology is only getting better. InMode is the gold standard here. They have patents that protect their technology that they're known for, their RF technology for the next 10 years. Okay. And this is going to be a mega growth sector the next two years. And tell, nobody's I, this, talking about it. This is not a stock I'm familiar with at all. I'm just now hearing about it and just starting to do research. When I look at their stock chart, I see that they already like ramped up, blew up from pandemic until right around the beginning of the year of, of uh, uh, 2022. And then they just took a nosedive. What happened there? So, Dave, what, I mean, like everything else, people got overexcited about their technology and they came down along with everyone else in the market. But I'm telling you something right now. This company is cash flowing. They are profitable. OK, they have tons of cash. I think they have zero debt. Um, the biggest complaint right now from investors is that the management team comes off to some people, a little bit shady. They kind of comp themselves a little bit too aggressively in terms of stock compensation. Uh, that would be the big negative. Uh, I'll tell you this right now, guys. This technology, if you go on TikTok, right? If you actually read the reviews, once someone does it once, they are locked in. And you have to get this done essentially every year. 
And the first time you get it done, you have to go through multiple sessions usually. Okay. And what it is, costs. What is the brand? When does the brand of the actual thing that you're having done to you is, is it just any med spa that licenses in modes technology? What is that technology called? Oh, it, okay. So the technology is called, it's a comp, the machine is a combination of micro needling and radio frequency technology. So what it does is it allows, uh, it penetrates deeper into your skin as opposed to laser treatment. You're probably familiar with the laser treatment people have been getting for 10 years. The laser treatment is not as safe. Uh, it could be kind of really uncomfortable. It can, it can go bad. Okay. This is actually safer. It's more consistent and the results are meaningfully better. Now here's where it gets really interesting though, guys, here's where it gets really interesting. There is a new technology called exothome. So exosome therapy. Do you know what this is, Jordan? Like, I feel like you might be, it's a, no. kind of a little bit related to MRNA. So basically exosomes are essentially bubbles that come off of stem cells. And it's the part of stem cells that allows everything in your body to kind of communicate with each other. So it's a revolutionary technology. They're taking these exosomes and there's dozens and dozens of research companies that are using these exosomes for curing cancer, right? For um, if you have an, a sports injury, NFL players are paying five to $10,000 to get these exosomes injected into their shoulder, injected into their body to help expedite the repair process. Well, guess what else exosomes are being used for? Completely revitalizing your skin, your, your tone. I, you would be shocked if you saw what this stuff does. It is literally, it is the fountain of youth. I've never seen anything like it before. It costs thousands of dollars, but you basically apply it to the in-mode machine, okay? And when they go through the micro-needling and the RF technology, it also applies exosomes, all right, to underneath your skin. And what that does is it basically regenerates cells inside of your skin. Like, it, it act, it's almost like, reversing in age okay right now the people that are getting this done are mostly athletes for sports and celebrities celebrities are starting to get this done right now right i think we're a matter of months away before this goes mainstream it is expensive it's thousands of dollars but the results are so phenomenal i think you're going to see this go viral in the next 12 to 18 months and the biggest beneficiary i think from exosomes are in-mode machines because the in-mode machines kind of go hand in hand with this application. You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. Currently, there's no publicly traded company that you can buy that actually distributes exosomes to ethnicians or to uh, med spas. That's not a trade that's possible, but you can invest in in-mode. Full transparency, I did purchase in-mode I just opened my position this morning. We're not financial advisors. This is my position. This is my thesis. Poke holes in it, guys. Go on dumbmoney.tv forward slash discord and let's debate it. Um, do your own research. But again, Dave, did you go on Google Trends and see just med spa? Yes. Yeah. That was uh this this is a trend that's not going away, guys. I heard yesterday. That there was, there is a med spa deep in the suburbs here in Dallas, Fort Worth, that is generating $80,000 a month just in semaglutide injections. That's just one oh, thing I they're it. doing. Okay. Yeah, sure. This is the future. If this is the decade of the woman, this is what they're spending their money on. They're spending their money at Ulta and the next level up is they're going into their skincare doctor, they're going into their local med spa, because as soon as someone that they know gets this, gets this done. By the way, same thing with semaglutide. As soon as a woman sees one of their friends losing 15, 20, 25, 35 pounds just by doing some subcutaneous injections for a couple months, they're immediately doing it. That's what led us to our Novo investment. Same exact thing here. If you yep. see how amazing the results are on this, it's like, it's almost, it's miraculous. It's, it's wild. Well, do you know what else is miraculous? It's actually like eight med spas within five minutes of my house. 
And this is how you invest in them, Jordan. Because I can guarantee you right now, Jordan, that every single one of those med spas, not maybe not everyone, most of them probably have an id mode machine and a vast majority of the things that they're doing, they're having to pay in mode every time they do that. So in mode has, just to give you an idea of the, the, the market share, they have 8,000 machines out, 8,000 doctors right, right now that have their machines. I think rough, I think somewhere between 50 and 70,000 doctors currently have the old school laser machines. Okay. So they're barely scratching the surface. Now their machines are expensive to use. That's expensive for customers, but this is the future. This is where it's headed. Okay. Now they also have a division where they're using their RF technology for ophthalmology, okay, for like for like dry eye and, and lots of issues around the eye. They already have approval in Canada. They think they'll have approval in the US by the third quarter this year. And that's a separate machine that uses the same technology. Um, they're using this technology, guys, for like numerous applications. So skincare, like belly tightening, like let like it's all over your body. And and the more the more you're using it in your body, the more it is kind of amazing though, their earnings. They have for the past three, four quarters, they have beat by double digit percentage. Um 10%, 15%, 12%, and for some reason their earnings uh call is expected May 2nd, and this time it's a lowered expectation. So I'm I'm wondering what happened there. But uh well, Dave, I think they actually just had earnings, actually. Um, they said May 2nd, but I thought uh, they already... I see yeah, May 2nd. Second, their last one was uh, February 14th. Okay. It happens um, every quarter, you know? So, so, here, so here's, here's the thing, Dave. They are ultra-conservative with their guidance, and if you read their earnings transcripts, they basically tell you, hey, we know we're being ridiculously conservative with our guidance, but that's just what we do. So last year, uh, this particular new machine uh, that they came out with, like th this new platform, they, they, I think they estimated it would do like 24 million and it did like 48 million. Like it, it, it did double what they estimated and, and they kind of knew it would, but they're just being ultra conservative with their guidance. It's a little bit annoying. Yeah. Um, and it makes it really difficult to assess where they're going to be quarter to quarter. So I don't think it's a type of company where really you're going to see maybe that big of a move on the quarterly earnings because nobody, whatever they say they're going to be, people just assume they're going to be a lot better than that. Um, I think the important thing to look for right now, and by the way, they said that they have seen zero impact from the recession or from the economic climate, zero impact. And I think you guys know this. So like there this is an area that right now is catering to the top one percent, top two percent. Um, they could start to see some impact from it, but there's nothing more important. Yep. Women. And we nothing. We've kind of seen that across the board. The lower income areas have impact, the higher income areas are less affected. And so yeah. a super expensive beauty treatment to me is it is a little bit uh, insensitive to the uh, recession and a over overall economy. Yeah. So, yeah and I also mean, to AI. Uh, unless you start to see like wealth effect issues, right? So you see, you know, housing crash, you see a very severe stock market crash, you know, but then everything's screwed, right? So, yeah. I think what's really interesting is if you go, if you go to InMode's website, and I'm trying to find it right now, they actually have an area called celebrity where they show you like all of the celebrities. I'm trying to find it. Uh, they show you all the celebrities, male media. Yeah. You hit patience, go to patience at the upper left corner, Dave, and then okay. hit media celebrity and then click celebrity. And you could see all this. They actually have all these celebrities that are getting this done with the Morpheus 8. And you could just scroll through them. <laughs> Jessica Simpson. Bill, I mean, guys, this is this is the world's best marketing. This is where it starts. Um, 
it's not where it ends, guys. It this is real. Like I I dug deep on the impact of these machines, and they really are incredible, absolutely incredible what they're capable of doing. Like I was a little bit skeptical when I first heard about this stuff last year, but it is wild. It's it's essentially the new plastic surgery. So many different treatment options, so many opportunities to uh, build their patients. Exactly. So sign them up for subscription, the, ongoing treatment. So here's the best. If you look at that one called Evoke, Dave, it's what they call hands-free. Uh, it, it's a hands-free machine. So rather than having uh, you know a nurse, nurse practitioner kind of going through your face like one inch at a time, uh-huh. They actually develop the machines to go around your face or go around your neck if you're having like a neck tuck, right? And nobody needs to do anything. You just sit there for 45 minutes or however long with the machine doing what it does. Like, it how like you just awesome you, you put a VR goggles just around your chin and all of a sudden your neck gets treated. Uh, dude, I'm telling you, dude, you have to see the before and afters on this stuff. It is insane. Um, so I love this because I feel like this is the off-radar Ulta, right? Everybody knows about Ulta. If you're in the investment world, you know about Ulta, right? If you're a fund manager, if you're a sell-side analyst, everybody knows about Ulta. And the um, same thing with uh, Elf Beauty that we talked about previously. That one is just a rocket ship that just keeps going up and up and up. Nobody you, you knows on here that hasn't yet been discovered. Nobody knew about Elf Beauty when we were touting it at seven bucks a share and they were, you know, at Walgreens and CVS and Jeffree Star did his first video that got 12, 13 million views. And we we're like, this is the future of skincare, like this cheap skincare. It's going to. And here we are. It's up like 15 X today. Really, no one's talking about in mode. No one's talking about Morpheus machines unless you are a one or two percenter uh, female who has the financial resources to get this done, but it will get cheaper in time. Uh, and even if it doesn't get cheaper, this is the type of thing that women are going to outspend for. They will not, remember the stat I read you earlier, they will forego spending on clothes to get this done, okay? Yep. And it's all, do you not agree with me? It's only going to get worse as these filters on social make you look so good. <laughs> That you're just dead. You want to recreate that in the real world. Exactly. Exactly. I love Jordan. I'm telling you right now, Jordan, you're going to go read the earnings transcript and you're going to research this company and you're going to come back to me in the next week and be like, Chris, I love this company. Yeah, I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to, I'm going to pull it up and just have my headphones going for the rest of the day. Just listen to, to probably the last two. But I want you to look at the fundamentals, like the actual yeah. financials and the fundamentals. They are so solid this is a cash flow machine okay they actually it actually is a cash flow machine it's a machine that prints cash okay like yes we've had we have had um some commenters say that basically share dilution is the the main issue they don't use yes. math accounting to kind of hide their share dilution and i guess that's what you were referring to earlier with yes. this with the exec cop it, it 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 pisses me off. It really pisses me off. And I and I honestly wish I was a big enough investor. And, and I hope someone does this. I hope we get activist investors in here that put pressure on management. It's BS. I There's something for you to take out. You you could be in charge of that, Chris. Well, I I wish. I, I can you want to loan me like what is what is your uh, position size? Just I'm I'm just trying to figure out like um, is this like super high conviction. I think I'm going to say that this is high conviction. I'm going to just put myself out there right now and say this is high conviction. Now that there are, but is this like, does this mean like 2% of your portfolio, 10% of your portfolio? What are you, what are you allocating to this? I have no, I mean, I have like 12,000 shares in my primary portfolio, but I also bought it in my foundation. Um, I bought it in both of my kids college savings accounts. So like I actually sold some Novo. Um, and I got some of this, uh, with, with my Novo proceeds. So, you know, it, it's, it's high, it's high conviction for me, Dave. And, and there are risks and I do not, the CEO is, I'm not loving the reputation 
of the CEO. There's some stuff that happened at his last company um, where he left the company or got ousted. I don't know. And then, you know, re- requested the SEC approve him selling all the shares immediately, which he I think he did. Um, I don't know. I, I don't like this whole equity compensation running amok. It it pisses me off. But I'm, I'm not going to keep it from, you know, I'm not going to prevent that from me investing in the company either. I feel like that's an easily fixable thing. And if enough investors complain, if enough investors kind of raise that as an issue, um, I, I think they'll listen. All right. Well, I, I'm uh, going to be. Speaking of Nova, that. I wanted to bring up something. I've been seeing some negative press on Novo, uh, mainly about um, just the way that you lose weight on these uh, semiglutides. There's you're you're, you're, you're gonna you're gonna say that it's lean fat, yeah. The lean the lean versus the lean versus fat thing. Um, and I don't know. Have you done any research? Is that true? Is that not true? Uh is it a big? I, deal? I, I don't even know. Right. I saw the same thing that you probably saw. Yeah. I saw some vi- a video on it. I'm gonna. I don't know. I don't have the answer, Jordan. But I'm gonna kind of call BS that. It, like, I, I don't think it matters honestly at all. I feel like that was just like. You got to really dig deep to poke holes in that in that therapy. Look, Here's the other all- the kind of thing. So it's not just. So you said a couple. You know, you take the shots for a couple months and you start losing weight. So what I'm hearing from people that are actually taking it is you don't just start at the full dose, right? You start at a lower dose, and your body has to build up to where it can handle these higher doses. And that process can take like six months. But once you get to that six month mark, is when you really start losing weight on these things. Any six, nine, however long it takes you to ramp up. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, you're definitely losing weight. No, you're losing weight. Like, to get the real dramatic weight loss is when you get oh. ramped up to the full to the full dose yeah. levels. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair to say. Um, you know, you're, it, it, you're seeing the weight loss pretty quick, though. So, like, from, like, a feedback loop perspective, like, people that are on it, like, they're seeing the results, and it's pretty consistent. What I've heard, you know, you the pattern, like your 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 patterns change pretty quickly because of the way that it makes you feel and think about food. Food, yeah. But I think and, and, the, the fact that it does have a longer kind of ramp up period, I think, is actually good for the stock. Rather than just one shot, you're done and you lost your weight, it keeps you coming back for more. It keeps you in that subscription loop of needing to continue to buy more. You're you're kind of on it for life, Dave, on and off, right? Like I, I think people will go off. They'll see if they can keep it off. They don't, then they go back. What I've seen a lot of is people will go off of it because to see if they they feel like they're good now, and then they they'll start to gain weight again, and they'll go back on it, right? So, yeah. which as an investor we love, right? Like <laughs> it's, it sounds evil, but like <laughs> as an investor, a pure investor. We have to filter everything we do through the investor lens. We're not like we're not like mad scientists, like hoping that people need to take more medicine. But that's how the entire uh, pharmaceutical industry works. The reason we don't have cures for so many things is because they love to produce drugs that help with symptoms, but don't cure it. So let me tell you something really important about this Morpheus machine by InMode that I love as an investor. Okay. So you, you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars getting this treatment, right? And it only lasts a year, guys. You got to go back in. So maybe you get a few sh- a few sessions, two, three sessions done to your face or your neck or your belly or your butt or wherever, wherever you're doing it, right? You got to go in the following year. It lasts about a year. How amazing is that? Like, and you got to go back in and do it again. So it's kind of like temporary plastic surgery. Which is like, just that's phenomenal. Like that that, that that's just a recurring revenue stream. Because yeah. like it would stink if you had to do it every month or every two months. But once a year is infrequent enough towards for the person getting it done. They're like, I look amazing. Well, and I think it's working to get like nightmare plastic surgery too. And you can be like, well, look, this is when you're going to look like if you start doing plastic surgery after ten years, and then you show like I don't know Madonna or something, and then you come back and you say, this is what, you know, 10 years on this looks like, or, you know, a few years on this looks like it's risk. It's like basically a risk-free way to, to rejuvenate your skin. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, yeah, no guys, it, it, it's, it's wild. Like 
the proof is in the results. So we each understood this assignment a little bit differently. Jordan came with bonds. You came with a new high-tech uh, stock that has a shady operator history background. Maybe shady. Uh, there's no accusations here. Allegedly, from our comments only. I, and I've never even heard of the company, so I can't, I can't make any allegations. But my understanding of this is I, I went through my portfolio and said, okay, am I at risk? Do any of my stocks have major outsized risk in the whole AI revolution causing problems for my portfolio? You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. I have two broad categories of stocks that I would say technology, which you know, I'd say like Apple, Amazon, I call Tesla a tech stock. Um, and all of those, I think, are helped by AI. On the potentially uh, concerning side, on the tech sector, Microsoft and Google are the ones that are battling out this learned language model AI right now. I don't have a strong feel for if there's going to be a winner in that space, if OpenAI is going to be the winner. Um, those are my kind of like questionable. But then everything else I have, I do not feel is at all at risk because of the AI revolution. And I cl broadly classify those as lifestyle companies because those are the types of companies that I like to be in. So companies like TAP, Wilson Coors, that's not going to be affected by AI it could actually be helped if their distribution is, you know, turned into robots at some point. But that's that. I don't even see that as helping or hurting. Um, Chris stole my uh, my Novo. That was on my list of like beauty is is not going to be affected by the AI revolution. And then companies like Crocs, fashion, shoes, nah, not it's not it's not going to be affected by the AI revolution. Now you could have, you could have some really cool AI generated like Croc collabs that might help. <laughs> Anyone can de design their own Croc, but you just can't, you can't replace the uh, the foam yourself. You, I, I don't think you can three D print a Croc at home using AI. Yet. There are a lot of AI res AI proof sectors and companies for the most part. Like I agree, fashion, and healthcare. You know, um, any sir, all the services services so your your uh med spa machine is very much like right in between technology and a service industry it's really the service that you're that they're making their money from yeah you know to totally i think you know food as well right restaurants food and, food, food and beverage um yeah. but that, i mean that will get that will be helped by ai do you know they open up the first or at least in our area um I guess fully automated uh, McDonald's. Yeah, you sent that link, and in fact, it was debunked. That was that was actually opened months ago, and it is operated by humans. It is How the order taking process that you can you can type in your order. There's not a person at the counter, but there are humans in the back making the burgers. It's not fully what? autonomous. Oh, well, that's ri that's ridiculous. That was a misleading tweet that you sent me. Fake news. I, I think fake I forgot news. to uh, to debunk it to you in person. That was fake news, man. Yeah this this is the this is the tweet that uh, that you saw. Yeah, McDonald's just opened. It it opened months ago, and even in this picture, if you look closely, there's a person right there. Oh my gosh! You see that? <laughs> that is ridiculous. And and then someone else later, and I don't know if I'll be able to pull it up here, but someone else uh, went to that McDonald's, and oh here it is, yes. Wow, thank you, Twitter. Twitter is amazing. Here, here it is uh, behind the scenes at that very restaurant where they have humans back there making the food. <laughs> Over here too. There they are. You get the normal McDonald's. That's a that's yeah, a lot of the cashier. I it's assumed a, it would have. I thought it was going to be like one human overlooking the machines that were making fake the news. They, they've got me working on that, right? No, they do. So okay, so uh, middle B, which is like. The, the super high-tech kitchen innovations lab. It's actually here in Dallas. And, you know, restaurateurs from around the world travel here uh, to see their newest machines. They told me that they're working on a machine for, I think, Burger King that can be, like, sitting on an island in a mall, like, just, in, you know, where they yeah. have those mall kiosks. 
and they've fully figured out how to make flame broiled burgers in an electronic machine that yeah. puts out no grease or anything like captures you know all, all, all the grease trappings but it, it basically uses an electronic grill that captures or like takes the droppings and then sizzles them up so it basically has the same flame broiled flavor somehow without it being flame broiled and it's mm. in a machine that they could put inside the mall and you just hit which burger you want it yeah, makes just like fire burger it squirts out a hamburger patty and drop some toppings on it it's something they've been working on i don't know that it like it's out in the real world yet but it's it's close so it's it's happening it's it's yeah we've we've seen automated like pizza machines that like 3d print the pizza we're it's we're we're gonna fast food is going to be even more disgusting in the future or is it less disgusting because Dave, how often do you get your burger and it's just like not the cheese isn't melted, right? Or like, no, the biggest problem is like, you know, since they're so fast, like the tomato will be on one side and like it's all out of balance. You know what I mean? Like, so you don't get it needs robotic perfection. Robots will really help out with the alignment of the uh, tomato and cheese. A little, you know, it'll be just perfectly spread in the in the mayonnaise or whatever you get. Mustard will be perfectly spread across instead of. You know, off to the side. I the the, the I want my hu- I want humanoids working in fast food. If any, if anything, uh, that'd be awesome. By the way, Dave, someone asked, did you end up getting in on tap late, or did you pass completely? Me? Yeah, I got in. Uh, I got in right as we were talking about it. I bought options. Oh, you bought options? Okay. Yeah. That expired after uh, their earnings call. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, so we have, we have some you have some time then. Speaking of earnings, Tesla's earnings are today. Well, that's one. They dropped the price of the Model Y today, also. Again, again, yeah, again, dude. Like, what do you? Okay, this is not actually a surprise though, because they revealed that at Investor Day that their goal was to drop the price of all of their vehicles and make it up in volume. Okay, that's that's fine, and that's a good goal, and I think that's the right long term strategy. But, but, what do you think is motivating that happening right now? Do you think that's just oh, let's do this now, well, or the fact that they're not like, going hard? You don't cut the price if you're making your numbers. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Exactly. And, and so they're trying. They're trying to prove Elon right when he said that they. Uh, that their sales are outpace or that yeah, their demand is outpacing their ability to produce cars. They want to be able to sell every single one that rolls off the line, and this is their way to hit the yeah. That's volume exactly number. so that at the price at the previous price they weren't able to do that, and so they cut the price until they can do that. And it's, they're just trying to they're just trying to meet the because what they figured is that people don't really care about margin. Do they care about margins in Tesla, or do they just care about you know meeting these numbers? He cares each, but I think they care more about how many cars are out yeah, the door. That's what I'm saying. They just care about the numbers and the delivery numbers. I I, I think it's a big deal, guys. But I, the I margin the margins at Tesla are so much better than every other car manufacturer. I saw this like ordered chart of like I think Ferrari or one of those brands was number one on the margin for the cost to produce it to the price it sold, then Tesla, then everyone else, and, and it was a pretty big margin. So uh, th- the question is, like, I know they were like going, they were at like 20%, but I think that dream is over now with this latest price drop. So are, are they, where is it going to end? Is it 15? Is it 10? Like, like it keeps going down. I think eventually it ends and they're just like any other auto manufacturer. That's what, well, well, that, unless, unless, unless I, get there, I don't know. If you, if you believe Tesla and Elon, you know, you can sometimes. They are reducing their cost of manufacturing Teslas at such a great degree over the next few years that they should be able to pick up this margin back over the next two to three years. Like the, the, the new the new generation assembly plants that they're going to probably retrofit into all the plants are dramatically cheaper. If you trust them, dramatically cheaper to produce the cars. So what I'm wondering so, is do they ever do the cyber truck because everything that I'm reading about truck EVs is negative. 
right? For people that actually use trucks, now if you use it to just drive around like a car, maybe it's fine. But for instance, the Hummer EV, somebody took it to a supercharger or to a charger and uh, like they had to sit there for 45 minutes. They spent 20 bucks and they got 60 miles of range. Um, I think best case scenarios for some of these truck EVs is when you start to tow that's you get like a hundred miles of range tops. And so for, you know, certain applications, it, maybe it just doesn't make sense. So do they scrap the Cybertruck altogether? I don't know. I, no, I they're not scrapping. I'm the hearing the lightning words are getting, you know, the pe people aren't really buying lightnings anymore. Yeah, Jordan, you're, you're right. I, no one really thought that through for truck, the way people drive trucks, right? What they need out of trucks, it's not ideal. I think they'll just wait until they can get the numbers right on it and they think yeah. they can put out a truck that it's I mean, the problem is you just have to put in a ton more batteries and it just takes a lot longer to charge and so you know i think the being able to do a road trip with like a huge huge truck battery gets to be very burdensome so can i can i put out a, a negative thesis right now on tesla and all of ev that yeah. i don't think anyone's thought about what if we know we saw this massive adoption in EV, especially Tesla, over the past three years. What if there was all of that was low hanging fruit, and there's actually a hard wall of people that are not even considering EV realistically in the next few years, and we just hit that hard wall like right now. Like like what if it, in, instead of instead of demand instead of the demand curve being kind of normal where you kind of lower price and you get more people significantly more people what if what if there were two worlds of people people that were really excited to get an ev and just a matter of when and which one and at what price point and then the other half that are like zero chance i'm not even considering one for the next five years at least uh for ve for various different reasons and the same way we have political parties where it's like yeah, there's people that can go either way, but there's like 30% that are far left, 30% far right. I think that's fine, right? I don't think, I don't think every auto manufacturer is going to get on the EV band. Toyota, for instance, is, they're looking down a totally different solution. They're, they're still on hydrogen, right? And so they're, most of their innovation is going towards uh, hydrogen. And so I think that's fine that, you know, you're, you have different companies focus on different ways to solve you know, climate issues. But, but, but well, I'm not even talking about climate issues. I'm just talking about sales. What if, yeah. what if we run out of EV customers in the short term, right? Over, basically based on what an EV is today, because the EV today works for some people and it really doesn't work for other people. Again, yeah, various you have a garage, right? So if you have like a single family home and you commute every day to work, um, and that's the 95% of your use case. I think it makes perfect sense for you. A Jordan. That's, I mean, that's all, right. And so what's the penetration on that? But Which Jordan, they're like in an apartment complex, right? Or if you like to take a lot of road trips, then maybe it doesn't make quite as much sense. But there are like people that have where you don't have a garage or apartment or something. There are people that don't like change. Yeah. There are people that just love being able to fill up their car in 60 seconds and they don't want to wait 10 minutes. They yeah. just don't. That, to them, that's a complete... But don't say, no, if you have a garage, like if you have, like if you live in a single family home and you have a garage, you never have to worry about going to a gas station because you just get but, home, plug it in and you forget about it. But you have to, in, in many cases, you have to have a certain type of, you know, plug set up in your garage, right? And outlet, like, it's just... It, we're going through, a, call it a recession or something close to a recession. This could be the, all I'm saying is this could be the perfect storm of us kind of tapping out of the people that were really openly interested in buying an EV in the near term future and people that were willing to stretch to do anything that was different because they just don't want change right now. They just don't want, by the way, they they don't want to finance a car, period, right now. Just well, really that's a, I think right that's now. a bigger issue, right? Because I think, so I was reading a stat where something like, you know, before, maybe like in 2019 or maybe pre-pandemic, the number of uh, 
you know, car payments that were over $1,000 was like 5%. And that number is now 17%. The average car payment is now like $700. And so that's getting, that's eating into people's budgets a ton. And someone just said, uh, you know, Nathan L., cold climate places will never succeed with EV. I mean, obviously it's tougher in colder climates because of the battery issues. I just think there are a lot, everyone has a different issue. It might be cold climate. It might be not having a garage. It might be because you don't like change. You're just a boomer or even a Gen Xer like us and or me. And you're just well, like, I just, boat, right? So I tow a boat. It's so um, EV is totally out of the question for me now that I've found out that the lightning, somebody was towing the exact same boat that I have and they got like 65 miles. I'm like, I can't, I literally can't do it. It might be the fact that interest rates are up and you're just not getting any car. It might be the no. fact that you're, just, you're Gen Z or younger millennial and you just don't drive, period. We've talked about that on this show before. Yeah. There are like a dozen or more reasons why someone would just not even consider an EV in the next few years. And I, I think we get so caught up in the EV, what we've seen in the EV cycle the last three or four years, and just assume that it's not going to just fall off a cliff. What if it falls off a cliff? Yeah. So that's I what think, I'm worried about, right? So maybe it falls off a cliff or maybe what happens is that it's just not worth the squeeze for some of the traditional auto manufacturers and they give up. And then Tesla ends up being the winner or maybe like one or two of these, you know, that are more specialized in that space. You know, you, you want an EV, you buy a Tesla or a Rivian. If you want that, a gap vehicle, you buy the Ford or the Chevy. And that's why I'm a Tesla investor and not a Ford investor. And I do think that there's something to your thesis there. And I do think there could be, there will be resistance breaking from the people who knew they wanted an EV and knew they wanted a Tesla into the people who are just like, I don't really care. And gas yeah. is so much easier because you got a gas station on every corner. It only takes five minutes to fill up versus 45 minutes. I, I can totally see that. And, and Jordan, your point about like, if you don't have, if you live in an apartment building and you don't have dedicated place to, to plug in and you, you know, your parking spot doesn't have a plug right next to it, you're kind of screwed. So I totally see that there is like this world where some people just, it's so inconvenient that it's going to be a hard sell. Right. But you also think about that, that price drop as the price drops, once a Tesla model three is lower and Tesla's already said they were they were planning to drop their prices. They didn't th this is not a surprise that they've announced multiple price drops. They I think they said they're they're gonna drop them 50% or something like that. Um imagine the Model 3 being cheaper than I I, I can't even think. What is the cheapest like Honda? Right? Imagine it being 20% less. There will be a point when where the price is just like such a compelling factor to a segment of the market. A segment that may have, like a Civic is that the cheapest Honda? And that segment of the market that that would traditionally have been like, well, this is not convenient for me. It's like, oh, well, if I can save when I'm buying my low cost car, if I can buy the lower cost car and have to yeah. deal with, you know, plugging it in in the uh, one spot at my apartment complex. That that's the thing, right? So, like, is the spot then a clear across to the other side of your apartment complex? So do you have to walk through the rain every time? You know, so I mean. Just logistically, I think that the EV is a limiting factor, right? Yep. And so it doesn't mean that nobody's going to buy it. It just means that there are objections you have to overcome. Yeah, and I totally, I totally see that. But I feel like that must be priced in to everything Tesla already. And yeah. vehicle sales are one of many aspects of how Tesla uh, expects to take over the world. Yeah. Uh, from an electric electrification of the world standpoint. So yeah. I, I want to, um, you know, it's a little off subject, but Epic score EU is talking about hype companies and mentioned Dutch bros, um, feels about their, you know, we did, we had a whole episode on Dutch bros last year. If you guys recall, I'm not invested in Dutch bros right now, but I will say this. As a consumer, I went through one a couple weeks ago, and it was the best five minutes of my day. It was so fun. I mean, they had music rocking. 
people dancing, like just the attitude, the smiles, the, the just the conversation with kids in line. It was the best five minutes of my day. There is something really magical about what they have done at Dutch Bros. And I, re- I, at some point, I would like to get back into that company maybe, but I'm not in a rush. Have you guys gone there yet in person? No, there's there's not one convenient for me. I I would like to see it, but I'm not going out of my way to go to a Dutch bro. Dude, it it was it's awesome, man. I look at the EV thing real quick. So Tyler Lukey just said you all talk about EV as cars that people drive, which is a tiny story compared to transportation bo- boats, tractors, construction. I disagree because of the uh, the energy jet the energy energy density issues. Um, the weight of the batteries gets to be super cumbersome when you're talking about, um, you know, any sort of bus or, you know, uh, um, you know, tractor, did, did or whatever you're trying to put in. And it just doesn't make any sense. And also the time to refill these things. Um, if you're trying to do these things at scale, I was like, like you could, like the electric companies aren't going to be able to keep up. Like, let's say you have like 30 EV buses or something like that. You can't get enough electricity into <laughs> places. I, I, I think EV buses are a possibility. I mean, we, we talked about that a lot during the pandemic. Not if you're trying to charge them all into a single location. I mean, that would you, you'd be drawing as much power as like a small city. I mean, it's insane. I, I, I think that EV van delivery, like vans, buses, uh, delivery. Ward off, yes, but at scale. So if you're talking like a facility that's going to be like Amazon, let's say, at one of their facilities, if they're having to charge, you know, 100 vehicles, think about how much electricity that's going to use at one time. I just don't know if we can power that right now. I think that that is the biggest issue for EV is, 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 power that's it i mean we know this like we already know for a fact that the california standard to transition to ev is an impossibility it cannot happen they don't have enough they're they're at 50 percent of what they need in power and they cannot add enough power to get there so we know that's going to get delayed it's like there's zero chance that that won't get delayed that they're just kind of push that down the road over and over again it's the biggest issue we have um it's why we need nuclear power it's why we, we need a lot of we need a lot of stuff to make this work yet at the same time you know we're we're curbing nuclear power right so i think germany just got rid of their last nuclear power plant it's you know but that's a whole other political issue that you know it's this cognitive dissonance where you want everything to be electrified but yet you're not willing to put in you know, the infrastructure that it would take to actually do that. So, so, and, and I want to also comment on Pietro. He's saying the arguments like this would never have converted from the horse buggy to the gas combustion. I, I, when you don't have to go, it doesn't have to be all one. Like I said, you know, yeah. um, Toyota's more interested in developing out hydrogen fuel cells, right? And so I think you can spread your approaches out. It doesn't have to be all for one. I, I for one, I, I'm pro EV. And I think we're headed in that direction. It's just a matter of how quickly we get there. I just don't and... think it's just not, it's just not, it's not, it doesn't make sense for every application. It makes perfect sense. Like I said, for a, if you're a, you live in a house and you're a commuter and you commute to work every day, you never have to go to a gas station again. And it's the perfect setup, right? But it's solved, right? I think, but if you're going to start talking about, trucks and boats and all of these things i just don't think that it's a good solution for those scenarios well boats boats are super tough with based on electric i mean i did the math i looked at investing in the startup love the startup but just the ev portion of it didn't make sense because of the size of the battery and how much weight that would put into the boat yeah we we were pitching ev boat startup a couple of years ago, Jordan, you spent a lot of time with them. Oh yeah, great founders! Like they're, they're geniuses. I hated not uh, investing, but I just couldn't get past that they were dead set on putting enormous batteries in boats. Yeah. But eventually, boats will get there. Eventually, you. I can't even imagine. That's what I'm saying is that they don't have to. If yeah. it doesn't have to be a battery, the battery makes sense for certain applications, but yet hydrogen fuel might make more sense you can fill those up super fast 
Um, the energy energy density makes sense. And you know what they spew out as far as their exhaust? Water. Yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect for a boat. Well, oh, and I apologize to Tyler. I wasn't trying to pick on you specifically. I just have, I have, you know, I think there's EV, you know, and there's other ways to do things too. So didn't mean to totally pick on you. That's all right. Pick it on him. I did. I just stopped picking on him, Jordan. So sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's no one like me. That's going to do it for this one. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will see you back here on Friday.